0: for a moment. Just, just just for a moment. No, it's wonderful. I'm thankful for friendships. Thank you, AJ. I want to um, apologize this morning. I've been isolated because, I don't know, something started happening overnight last night in my nose and so I'm kind of standoffish today because I don't want to share that with you. Uh you're welcome. Um now if I do sneeze I've heard sneezes go thirty feet. I've heard that. I'm not sure that's true. I don't know I don't know what row that equals out to. Maybe we need a like the Gallagher cut is that just sneeze that way, right? <laughs> no, um <clears throat> Yeah, I'm not deathly ill, but I, uh, just in case. I, I remember one morning we uh, we had a men's prayer time up here. We had a pretty good group of men, and uh, that gathered on a Monday morning, I believe it was, um, to pray. And so we all gathered here. It was I think six o'clock. We all gathered here to pray. And uh, when I woke up that morning, I felt just a little something, not anything major. At all, and and so I got to the got to the church and uh, tried to kind of stay away from everybody. And uh, we had our prayer time. I think probably thirty minutes. We prayed together. And when I got up, I felt a little, just a little, almost like you got a crick in your neck. I didn't have when I woke up. A little crick in your neck, just a slight crick in your neck. And an hour later, I was laid over my office uh, table uh, desk crying I was I was meeting with Daniel that day and uh I could not I was hurting so bad I ended up going home that was COVID now I don't want to scare you that I got COVID <laughs> I say all that to say that's why I didn't hug you today shake your hand come near you but I welcome you and I love you and it's kind of odd with what we're going to be talking about today that I would have to avoid everybody um but um this morning, we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. We're continuing something we started last week, which is kind of talking about who we are as Grace Family Worship Center. And if you weren't here last week, it's it's online. You can look at it. Um, and basically, what we talked about last week is that we are, if you, if you look at, at who Grace is as a whole, um, we are pretty much ordinary people. Like, there's no... I mean, we don't have the the We don't have Michael Jordan or uh, Stephen Curry or LeBron. James. We don't have people like we don't have superstars. I don't know, you know, who your favorite actor or singer might be. But but for the most part, remember that that's what Paul said. Not many of you were were these well-known, famous, um, brilliant people that the world will look at and go, that person is an important person. Uh, pretty much, we're we're ordinary people, and uh, and uh, and that you need to be okay with that if you want to if you're going to be here. Eh, but but that doesn't mean that God doesn't do extraordinary things in you and through you. So so the the not important kind of thing, ordinary, is from the world's perspective, but from God's perspective, you are important. You are you are the ones that teach the 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 the. Brief famous people, you're the ones that actually can show them the right way to live. Uh, what, what Paul really meant was you're really the smart ones, but nobody is going to, you know, make a, a, a name a building after you. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're not going to, uh, 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 you're not going to be recognized in the world, but you are important, and you are uh, uh, created to do extraordinary things, but not in yourself, in him. And our verse, if you remember, Second Corinthians fifteen ten, which says, Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, which means I'm not who I am because I'm great. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me, his working in me, his help to me is not without effect, that it has an impact, that I don't just depend on the grace of God so that I don't go to hell. That's not the point of the grace of God. The point of the grace of God is so that you can glorify God, so that you can live for him, so that you can, you can, uh, uh, Follow Jesus' example. That same power that allowed Jesus to say no to sin is inside of you so that you can. So that you cannot just say no to sin because the Christian life is not about not doing stuff, which we've made it about for far too long, which is why nobody wants to be a Christian because nobody wants to not do anything. You know what I'm saying? We, oh, you can't do this. You don't do that. And we've made the Christ- Christian life... Totally about that. And there's no fun in that. But that's not, Jesus didn't come to live a sinless life. Jesus came to glorify his father. Jesus came to do the work of the father. And that's why you and I are here. We're here to do the work. And it just so happens the work of the father doesn't have any sin involved with it. It's hitting the mark. And so we're called to hit the mark, not just to not miss the mark. Because you cannot miss the mark by not firing a shot. And, uh, and so God has called us to fire the shot, take the shot, take the shot. If you are a Christian and you're not taking any shots, if you're not going after something that's bigger than you, that, that seems difficult to you, that seems like it's more than you could do, then, then you're not living to the fullness of your potential. You're not yet hitting the mark where that Jesus has called you to, because he's called you to do things that are bigger than you. That are harder than you can do. They're more difficult than you can handle. God will put more on you than you can handle. But He won't put more on you than He can handle in you and through you. Amen. God won't put it on you more than you. That's not true. He will. He told the Israelites to walk around this, the, the walls of Jericho. And uh, if you remember, seven days they shall walk around. Six days, you walk around once. Seventh day, you walk around seven times. Totally quiet the last day and then blow the trumpet. There's no way that the Israelites could have taken down the walls of Jericho on their own. There's no way. And yet God called the Israelites to tear down the walls of Jericho. And the way they did it was following what God had told them to do. God told them exactly how they could bring down the walls of Jericho. But it wasn't them. Like, you think walking around walls is going gonna, is gonna to cause them to fall down? Just try that around your house. Just try to do that. Seven days, you walk around. The seventh day, walk around. and see if your walls fall. No, God was saying, if you will follow me, I will do miracles. If you will follow me, great things will happen. If you will follow me... Things will happen that people will talk about for years and years. It's going to make an impact. It's going to have an impact in the world. And that's, that is the point. But doing it on your own, if I were to tell you, hey, it's your responsibility to tear down the walls of Jericho, there's no way. There's no way that I could do it or the Jews could do it. And that, that's kind of the thing. God calls us to do impossible things but not impossible through him. And I want to tell you, loving each other is one of those things that's impossible to do. I think, without his without his power. Now, not loving in the fact that I don't necessarily want you to experience a, a horrible, uh, painful uh, experience or death. I mean, you know, not things that I wouldn't wish that I wish that on my worst enemy. But but when it comes down to when you betray me, I don't have it in me to love you. I don't. When you betray me, I don't have it in me. To, when you betray me, what is in me is, well, I'm done with you. And yet Jesus, who had the Holy Spirit inside of him, when, he's betray, when he was betrayed, said what? What did he call Judas when he was betrayed? You remember? What did he call him? He didn't call him Judas when he walked up. What did he say? I'm hearing on the front row. Do I hear it on the back row? I called him friend friend. Hey, that's not in me. Is that in you? To say to somebody who is actively betraying you, friend? Well, how could Jesus say that? It wasn't because it wasn't because Jesus oh, Judas was being a friend to G- Jesus. It was because Jesus was a friend to Judas. And that's the kind of stuff that you can't do on your own. But that God has called you to do and that you can do through the Holy Spirit. Is that good enough? Probably not the best explanation, but that's what I'm saying. God will put on you more than you can handle. He will allow you to go more than you can bear, but he's promised, fear not, I will be with you. I'm with you, and in me, uh, you can do this. You can do this by my strength. So That's why we don't get any of the glory. By the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect, and yet, what did he say the very next thing? It's not like we just let God do all the work. Paul said, it's your grace. It's your power. That's the only way I'm able to do these things. But I'm working harder than everybody else is what he said. And yet I work harder than everybody else. I work hard. So the fact that it's about God's grace doesn't mean it's not hard work. God has called us to work hard. And what we're going to be talking today about today is hard work. And uh, we're going to be talking about applying ourselves today. Anybody ever told you to apply yourself? You ever told that by your parents when you are in school? If you would just apply. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Hopefully this doesn't trigger you back to the, you know, those memories, PTSD when you're a kid doing homework or something. So Jesus said in Matthew 5, 13 through 16, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. That's this visual example right here, salt, okay? Salt of the earth. I found this on the youth end. It's partly used, but this is what we're going to be looking at today. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored. And Jesus is saying this to his disciples, and if you are a disciple today, this is what he's saying to you. It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light, Shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We're gonna, I'm gonna combine those two um, examples or principles Jesus mentions there. I'm sorry, guys. Um, Salt and light. And the problems that he mentions with the salt and the problem that he mentions with the light, I'm gonna kind of combine them. The problem with the salt was it's. It can lose its saltiness. The problem with the light is, what? Yeah, it can be it can be put under a basket. We're gonna hide it under a bushel? No. What we're gonna do? I'm, I'm gonna let it shine, right? So those are, so I'm gonna kind of combine that because I think a, a a big problem that we have today, okay, I'm saying we, as in all of us. Um, is that not necessarily that our salt has lost its saltiness, okay? Um, But that our saltiness, just like the light is put under a basket, if you put it under a basket, it doesn't do it. If you put a candle under a, you know, under a bucket, it doesn't light anything. It doesn't do what it's created to do. I think just like that, that, that salt, the problem is not that we've lost our saltiness. The problem is that we've kept our salt inside the shaker. Okay? Just like a candle that's put under a bucket. You light a candle, put it under a bucket, it does no good. It doesn't do what it was created to do. Same thing with salt left in a shaker. This salt was not created to stay inside the shaker, was it? When this salt was put in the shaker, it was put in here. To come out of here, right? And uh, and so um, I want to uh, I, I want to encourage you today. We're going to talk about getting out of the shaker, getting out of the shaker. When I first the first y'all know I'm a hot wing. I love hot wings, not too hot, but I love wings with a good buffalo sauce on it. And the first time I ever made buffalo wings, uh, probably twenty. Probably 25 years ago, first time I ever made hot wings. And I and I made three grave errors when I made the hot wings the first time. I didn't know. There was no YouTube, by the way. Probably wasn't an internet. I don't even think there was an internet back then, So I couldn't look up a, a, a recipe. And so I'm like, well, hot wings. I mean, how hard can it be? So I went and bought some wings. And uh, uh, mistake number one, I cooked them in the oven. Cooked them in the oven. I just put them in the oven. Um, which is not a great way to do Now, I've heard you can do it in a way that it turns curious to me, but baked hot wings, they should have a disclaimer if you, if if somebody's hot wings are baked. They should say, hey, by the way, this is not going to be a real hot wing. This is going to be different. But I baked them. Secondly, I didn't use Frank's hot sauce, which is a no-no. you got to use Frank's uh, hot sauce. And uh, so this portion of the message is brought to you by Frank's hot sauce. Um, and and so I use like Tabasco sauce. It was, it was bad. It was bad. And the third thing, the third thing that I did is I did not salt anything. I didn't even know to salt anything. I, growing up, do y'all think my mama let me get anywhere near the kitchen cooking? <laughs> huh? No. I just sat down at the table. And put it in my mouth, and it was good. And I'm like, well, you just put it in the oven, it'll come out good. It did not come out good. And bless their heart. I had a a former pastor of mine, Brother Ross, was there. It was me and Carrie and Brother Ross that ate. that. I think a storm was coming. I don't remember. But anyway, and he never complained, never said anything. uh, But he never came back over for hot wings either. (laughs) Kind of like beef ribs or... Daniel and Katie? Yeah, okay. All right. So, so the again, I didn't apply any salt. And, and if you've ever, there's nothing, I won't say there's nothing more disappointing, but there's few things more disappointing than sitting down at a restaurant and they bring you out a steak or a, a piece of chicken or even a good old french fry and you put it in your mouth and it's like there's no salt. So, it's so disappointing. It's just not good. And it can be the best quality steak in the world. You can be a prime steak. And you don't put salt on it, and it's not good. It's not good. Um, and so, um, salt, here's got salt that is not applied, is no better than no salt at all. It wasn't that I didn't have salt in the, in the cabinet. I know we had salt and plenty of it. I just didn't apply any of the salt. And so the salt does no good. And Jesus said what? You are the salt. You are the salt. And so apply yourself. Apply. You get to choose whether to stay in the shaker or not. And I'm asking you to get outside the shaker. Imagine if you would a world with no salt. feel like the Twilight Zone music should be playing right now. Imagine if you would. A world with no salt. Um, how terrible. I mean, I'm for real. You know what? We don't know how Just kind of the same way without light. You don't know how bad a world without light would be. And I'm talking about like electricity even until it goes out, right? Like most most likely you guys haven't even noticed or thought about the light. That's in this room right now. I mean, you probably didn't even know. You didn't notice that it was can light. Or you, didn't, you didn't notice how. Uh, uh, you just don't think about it unless it's not there. But if they weren't here, then then you would notice. Not, and, uh, and let me just say this. Let me just say this. You may feel like when you come to church that you. What difference do you make, really? But, but when you're not here. It makes a difference. It's noticeable. It's noticeable. It's noticeable when you're not here. And it may not even be that much noticeable when, when you're here. It's like, well, you're here. You just kind of, but 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 here's the deal. You were created to be here. You were cre- like the light bulb doesn't go, you know what? Today. Notices me anyway. Like, not one time has somebody come up to me and said, Thank you for shining light bulb right there in that can light. Thank you. You are so awesome. Thank you for what you do. Nobody has ever done it. What if we just said, you know, I'm not doing it today. They don't care about me anyway, right? And how many of us have felt like that though? We've all felt like that. I'm not doing it anymore. They don't they don't care. You've heard the, the old joke about the guy waking up and telling his mama I ain't going to church today, or his wife, however, I ain't going to church today. They don't like me. Uh, nobody cares if I'm there anyway, and, and uh, you know, they, they all hate me, and and I, I'm just tired of it, and, 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 and so his mom or his wife, either one goes, well, you got to go. You're the pastor. You got to go to church today, <laughs> and that's the way we've all felt is that it's like, what difference does it make? You were created to make a difference, and your difference is felt more when you're not there than it is when you are there, but because your difference is felt when you're not there, understand you make a difference when you're there. You make it. Your presence makes a difference. It does in a church, sir. It does. But here's the deal. You were not created just to be present, just like this salt shaker wasn't meant to be there next to the stove in the cabinet or even sitting on the counter. This salt in this shaker was meant to be applied. It was meant to be used. And you are meant to be used. And so you are the salt of the earth. I think this is a fill in the blank. You are to apply yourself. You are the salt of the earth, apply yourself. You get to choose whether or not you get out of the shaker. Is that in your notes? What does that mean? What does it mean to apply yourself? Well, here's what it means. This salt is kind of in a in a comfortable place right here, right? It's kind of like protected, it's safe, it's not being impacted by... The outside world—it's safe in this shaker, and so in order to—I almost came down on the floor. But I almost stand back up here. In order to in order to apply yourself, you've got to get out of the safety of your of your comfort zone. Get ready, you introverts. <laughs> Which we're we've talked about it before. We are a church smacked full of introverted people we're not all introverts there are some Daniel Mills is out there right yes dolphins there are some raise your hand if you're an extrovert okay we got some right we got some extroverts raise your hand if you're an introvert okay yeah Yeah. 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 the rest of you intro, what's an extrovert that's a good question yeah What's well, an extrovert? Somebody introverted, somebody that doesn't want to be around people, just rather just be there. I'm going to go to church, but I hope nobody talks to me. And it's interesting that I'm preaching it on the Sunday that I stay inside the prayer room, the whole praise and worship time, and walk right by you and say, don't get near me, don't get near me. So if you're sick, this would not be so um, necessary, applicable. But, but getting outside the comfort zone, of your uh, the safety of your comfort zone, and, and coming in contact with Man, with, with sickness, with COVID, we've kind of been taught to do the exact opposite of that. Stay in, your, in the safety of your comfort zone, and whatever you do, don't come in contact with people. And that's been drilled in our head to the point where, honestly, three years ago, I'd probably shaken your hand this morning. It's true. Probably would have shaken your hand giving you a hug, thinking I got something, but it's no big deal. But it's just been drilled in so much that I'm like, you know what? I don't want to get anybody sick. And and I'm not saying that I should have given you a hug three years ago. It may be a good thing that if I'm sick, I don't get near you. But the truth of the matter is, we've gotten to the point where we're well and we stay in our safety zone, safety of our comfort zone and don't come in contact with each other. And here's the deal. That's exactly the opposite of what God has called us to do. He's called us to get out of our safety zone, get out, of our, get out of the safety. I'm sorry, I keep saying that wrong. Get out of the safety of our comfort zone and come in contact with it. Did you know Jesus touched a leper? Not a leopard. Crikey, look at this leopard here. Hey, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus touched somebody with lepers. He, he, did, he came up and he said, The leprosy, will you heal me? And Jesus touched him and said, I'm willing to heal you, be be made clean. So, I mean, like, that's getting out of the safety of your comfort zone. But what I'm talking about is not necessarily going to somebody that's got leprosy and touching them. I don't know that that's what everybody's supposed to do. But I do know this. I do know this, that we're supposed to get out of the safety of our introverted comfort zone and, make contact, and get connected with each other. I know that, which is not safe, by the way. You may not get COVID. You may not get the flu. But when you do that, when you start connecting with people, in the sense that we're going to be talking about probably next week of connecting with people, when you start connecting with people on the, on the level that Jesus calls us to, you do open yourself up to being wounded. You open yourself up to being wounded. In fact, guess what? You're gonna get wounded. It's hard. It's hard. And it's gonna make you want to climb back in the salt shaker and say, by George, it was pretty comfortable in there. Pretty comfortable in there. But let me just tell you again, you weren't created to stay inside the salt shaker. The purpose of the salt was not to stay in the salt shaker. The purpose of the salt was to be applied. Was to be applied. And if you apply yourself, you are going to open yourself up to unsafe circumstances where you could very well get injured, hurt, persecuted, betrayed. But it's what you're called to do. You are called to um, apply yourself. But here's the deal. So get outside. This is not in your notes. You can write it down if you want to. Get outside the safety of your comfort zone and come into contact with other people not on the board either. So you just have to listen to me. Get outside the safety of your comfort zone. Come in contact with other people for their benefit. Say it again. Get out of the safety of your comfort zone, not for your own benefit. By the way, not just so that you can get something out of it. It's not like I'm, all, you know, I'm going to get out of here to go get something I need. No, getting out of the safety of your comfort zone, connecting with other people. For their benefit. Let me tell you what I mean. Look at salt. Salt was not created for salt's sake. I don't own this so that I can eat salt. Not really. I don't own this so that I can eat salt. I don't, nobody ever goes to a restaurant and orders just salt. What would you like to have today, sir? I think I would just like the salt. Just give me the salt and um, and nobody, now I'm not saying you don't ever say, can you bring me some salt, okay? Which you shouldn't have to do, in my opinion, at a restaurant. I pay the people to season my stuff, not just put it in the oven like I did with the chicken wings. If you own a restaurant, now I'm on a soapbox, if you own a restaurant, you should cook better than I did 25 years ago when I did hot wings for the first time. It, it should have some flavor, but this salt was created. Nobody just orders salt. That's what right. I was. Nobody just orders salt, okay? Um, when, you, when something, when salt has been applied and applied rightly, you don't notice even the salt. You don't think about the salt. You don't praise the salt. When the salt is applied correctly, you praise whatever it is. This is an amazing steak. This is the best steak I've ever had. This is one of the best steaks I've ever had. You know why you say that? It was salted correctly. You know, like the, the high-end steak. Now, I like a good marinated steak. I like a good Hawaiian marinated steak. But the high-end restaurants, you know what they season their steaks with? Salt and pepper. Salt and pepper, okay? But you get a, you get a steak that's seasoned correctly with salt and you don't go, boy, that was amazing, salt. That salt was awesome. I think I'm going to get that salt next time I come here. You say that steak was awesome. That chicken was awesome. That pasta was awesome. You know why? Because it was salted correctly. Now, here's where I'm going. I'm not just talk, this, this. This whole service is not just about food, okay? But 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 this is the thing. The, the, what, makes, what makes an awesome steak and a bland steak makes the difference is the application of salt. And here's the thing. You and I, Jesus said, you and I are the salt of the world. You were created to draw out the awesomeness that's inside other people. You were created to draw out the awesomeness that's inside other people. One of the things that salt does when it's applied to a steak, it's not just that it makes it salty. It actually draws out, breaks down the cell walls and draws out the flavor that's in there that you wouldn't be able to taste if the salt had not been applied. It draws it out. And you were created to draw that out of other people. And here's, I'm gonna prove it to you. How many of you in here, you don't have to raise your hand because we're all in this boat. How many of you would say I'm better off because somebody else? I'm better off because of somebody else. I'm better off because of them than I would be if I had never known them. And we all can say that, right? I mean, I can say the whole group of you in here, I'm better off because I know you. Because you've been part, but not because you exist. I'm not necessarily, not now I might be better off in some sense of the word by people I don't know. But when I say I'm better off because of this person, it's not the person that, the salt in this shaker even though I am better off or the person that owns the company that makes bottled water I'm not I am better off because of them but when I say I'm better off because of this person it's because this person has come in contact with me and has made a difference in my life has changed me has taught me things that I wouldn't be able to learn on my own and I want to tell you this I am better off from knowing some people that did me absolutely dirty. That did not that did not do right by me. And I and I'm I'm better off because I need to learn those lessons. Some of the best lessons I've ever learned were when people mistreated me. Things that didn't go well. I'm better off that I was around them and they did me dirty than I would have been if I had never met them. Now, some of you are in here and say, you know what, I can't say that. I don't feel better off. And I'm not here to to force you to admit that you're better off because that happened or this happened or you know that person. But what what I am saying, I will at least give me this. You are better off because you know people than you would be if you didn't know people. And, and, and guys, we as the church, as the body of Christ, were created to draw out the awesomeness of the people. And what that means is I can't reach my full potential if you're not involved in my life. I can't meet my full potential if you're not involved in my life. And you can't meet your full potential if I'm not involved in yours. But involvement is unsafe. You might get hurt, and I might be the one to hurt you. In fact, I have hurt people—not intentionally—but I've hurt people before. But that's just part of the deal. That's part of the 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 the, the nature of the body of Christ is: when you make yourself vulnerable, you are going to get hurt. But you're better off, even if you get hurt, than you would be if you stayed inside the salt shaker. So what I'm asking you to do and what I think Jesus is asking us to do is apply yourself, apply yourself. When you don't apply yourself, those people that would be better off with you are not better off. So they lose because you choose to stay in the salt shaker. What does it mean to stay in the salt shaker? It means that that you are present. Now here's the deal: we just talked about the fact that you being here matters, right? But I'm saying not just your presence, Your presence is good, okay? You can't apply yourself if you're not present. I'm talking about your presence is good, but your presence without your application is is at least not as impactful as as it needs to be and at worst is useless, as useless. So here's what I want you to say. Better to be used, listen, better to be used than to be useless. Better to be used than to be used. You ever been used? You ever said, I'll never allow myself to be used again? That's tough. What you've done is gotten back inside the salt shaker and closed the lid. And just it, you, you've just separated yourself from who you were created to be and what you're created to be. And here's the thing, when Jesus says you are the salt of the earth, he's talking about people, this is what you are. It's not what, he's not calling you to be something you're not. He's saying, no, you are, you already are. Be that. Be that, apply yourself. The definition of apply yourself. To make yourself work hard in order to complete something successfully. To make yourself work hard in order to to complete something uh, successfully. So it, it involves hard work to apply yourself, to get out of your comfort zone, to, to, to be applied to people. So I'm gonna, we're going to talk about three things real quick of, of what kind of the scratching the surfaces of, of applying yourself. And we're going to dig into these things in the next, uh, maybe not next week because Pastor David's preaching. but um, And I don't know, he may cover this, uh, I don't, I'm not sure. But we'll get into this either, if not next week, Lord willing, the next. Three things I want to ask you to do this morning. This is not an exhaustive list of applying yourself. Three things I want to ask you to do to apply yourself um, um, like Jesus says to do. And uh, the first one is, and this is in your, in your bulletin on the board, I, w- I want to ask you to commit yourself to Christ and to his church. To commit yourself to Christ and to his church. Um, what do I mean by commit? Um, um, I want you to commit to Christ and, and to the church, uh, in the same way that you committed to your, uh, it, it, those of you that are married, the same way you committed to your spouse when you said, I do. Uh-oh is right. He knew, right? He heard by the spirit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Now here. I want to to ask you to commit yourself to Christ and the church in the same sense that you committed yourself to your spouse when you got married. Because that's what marriage is, is commitment, right? That's why we do our vows. Now, here's the thing. You may say, well, I cheated on my spouse and I left my spouse. Well, you didn't commit to doing that when you got married. You might have done that. You might have done that. I'm not asking you to do exactly what you did when you. I'm asking you to commit yourself in the same way. Commit yourself in the same way. In the same way you said I do. Now, here's why I'm asking you to do this. Here's why I'm asking you to commit to Christ and to the church. Is is Because look what verse 27 says. This is if you're a Christian, by the way. If you're not a Christian, if you've not yet surrendered your life. Uh, uh, to Jesus, if, you, if Jesus is not your Lord and your Savior personally, you don't receive that. This is not, this is not for you. You've not committed yet, so you're free from this. But I would encourage you to think about the consequences of your choice not to apply yourself. But 1 Corinthians twelve twenty seven says, "You are the body of Christ. You are the body of Christ, and you are individually." members of it. Now let me just say, so you are the body of Christ and you're individually members. So you are the body of Christ. First of all, you're already connected to Christ. If you're if you've if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you're already connected, you're already committed to him. You've done that, right? So just live that out. I want I want you to to be faithful to him. If you say you're a Christian, do what he says. Don't say I'm a Christian, which means like pretty much I'm I'm like Christ and then not live like Christ. Take seriously what he said to and do it. Take seriously how he did things and do it. Live out his principles and his priorities. Live those things. That's what it means to be a Christian. Commit yourself to Christ, but also to, notice you are the body of Christ and you're individually members. Individually members does not mean that you're just individuals. You are individual members of the body of Christ. If you're a member of a group, it's not that you are just you exist outside of everybody else. No, if you are members, if you are members, remember the members-only jackets? If you got a members-only jacket, right? and you're a part of it with everybody else, it's who you are. What I'm asking you to do is not to be who you're not. It's to be who you are, and not you, but we. What I'm asking is commit, make a commitment to each other, the body. You are the body of Christ. In fact, just look around the room. Look around the room. We got some people that it's good to see out in Miss Melba today. It's good to see you. Good to see you. I mean, we got people that we've known for a long time, some people we've not known for a long time. Just look through, look around the room. This is the body of Christ, by the way. Now, in a sense, we are connected to the every Christian that is on the earth. But But right here, Right here, we are—we are the body of Christ. You are the body; you're individual members of the body. And so, I want to ask you to commit yourself to the body. Can you imagine if your if your hand decided it wanted to go to Bethlehem Baptist today? And we love Bethlehem Baptist, by the way. Love Pastor Lon, Pastor Philip. Okay, nothing wrong. You can put, put any church. Imagine somebody that's at Bethlehem Baptist. Imagine Pastor Lon's leg wanted to come to Grace Family Worship Center today. Pastor Lon, Lord willing, his leg is at Bethlehem Baptist today. Lord willing. Because where he is, his body needs to be. Make a commitment. How many of you have had a headache in the past week? Okay, me too. How many of you took medicine for that headache? All right. What what you just did is you you took care of the body. You took care of your body. Anybody gone to the doctor over something not uh, working right in your body this week? Anybody gone to the doctor over something not working right? All okay. How many of you have had some some stuff on your body that's not working right? All right, you, you're like, okay, you, you, you know what it's like. You want to go and you'll find out what's the problem with that. Why? Because this is my body. I know Kevin Whitworth exercises. Why? Because he's made a commitment that his body needs to be healthier and he has worked at that and he's, he, he has done that for the sake of, for the, sake of the body. I want to I I encourage you, start doing things for the sake of the body. Start doing things for the sake of the body. Not for the sake of yourself. But for the sake of the body, commit yourself to each other. Don't just. I was at a. I was at a concert this week, and we're sitting in our seats, and right behind us are some people talking about the guy that was the opening act, and 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 the people are talking. There's like, hey, you know, where does he where does he go to church? Doesn't he go? Uh, where, where does that guy go to church? And they said where he went to church. It was Decatur Bible Church. He goes. I think they go to Decatur Bible Church uh, up there. Well, uh, and, and it was some people having a conversation. Do y'all, y'all went there, didn't you? Do y'all go? Yeah, we, we used to go there. We don't go there no more. Oh, well, where do y'all go? Well, we really are. We're on the roll at this church. We're on the roll at this church, but we, we really, it's been forever since we go. We've been thinking about going over here. That's not the way it's supposed to be, by the way. And there ain't nobody in this. Ain't nobody. Forgive me. There's not anybody, I don't think, in if if so, there's very few that have never been to another church. I've been to another church and I'm here, okay? So there's no condemnation. But God's desire is that we commit to each other. That we commit to each other. And 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 somebody was talking to me. About they had been involved in several church splits, and said that God woke them up one morning and said and said, what you've been doing by taking your family from this church to that church to that church is basically what you've been doing is uh is is you've you 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 are causing your family to go through spiritual divorce now I'm, I'm not this is not i I've left churches I've left churches I'm in this this is for us is not pointing the finger at you. This is for us. And and but what she said makes sense because because it does damage the family. Yes. <laughs> Apparently there's a news bulletin. Commit yourself to I want to I want I want to ask you to commit yourself to this body. Now listen, if I'm going to give you one week if you hear that today and you're like, I'm not committing myself to this body, don't come back next week. <laughs> and I won't hold you to it. I won't hold you to it, all right? For first-timer here. We'll know if we'll know what decision you made, right? Uh, yeah, goodbye. <laughs> it was nice to see all of you. Uh, but God's called us to be committed. And committed to each other in the same way the body is committed to each other. Secondly, you are the body of Christ. Secondly, connect yourself to Christ in the church. Don't just commit. That commitment's kind of a hard issue, all right? Just that's a hard issue. It's, it's it's the you know what I'm gonna. It is the I do when you're making that 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 vow. Okay. The connect yourself to Christ in the church is the living out of the commitment that you make to Christ in the church. Now here's the deal: you've already been connected. God connected you. God connected you in in Colossians chapter two, verse nineteen. Come on, Colossians. In fact, I don't even have to read it. Somebody just quote it to me because we, huh? We spend that time. You should know it right now. Um, this is he's talking about. Paul is writing about the problem of of people who have kind of left uh, um, left. Christianity, um, it says they don't hold fast to the head. But listen to what, so we got this idea of the body. Not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. Notice that Notice that the, the, the growth comes from whom? God. The growth comes, excuse me, comes from, how is it nourished? It's nourished from the head. Jesus. Jesus. But notice what Jesus does and how God makes it grow. How does God make the body of Christ grow? Nourishes and knits together. Here's the thing. Without being knitted together, we won't grow. Because God grows us, not just through the nourishment. That's why I don't just say, well, I can be as good a Christian at home that I can be at church. Well, you can't be as good of a Christian by yourself because you were created and knit together and created to contact and come in connection and better other people. It's, it's how you grow. I'm better because of somebody else. I'm better because of you. Even if you rattled my chain or frustrated me, I'm better. It caused me to mature. Connect yourself. You are, you're already that. God has already done it, live it out. I'm not asking you to do something that you're not already created to do. It's, it's who you are already. Connect yourself. What do I mean by connect yourself? Reach out to people. How many of you know in this room, I'm not talking about the people that are necessarily, but I, like people, have, raise your hand if you've gone here two years, if you've been here two years, two years at least. Okay, two years. That's, could you tell me where everybody's from? Could you tell me everybody's children's names? Could you tell me what everybody does for a living? I'm looking out at you. I'm glad I'm not being asked today, okay? But what I'm saying is, here's the thing. We got some more connecting to do. We should know that. We should know that. That's why we have a QR code. Paul, Paul, Eddie, we wouldn't need a QR code if everybody would have just filled out the paper, the, the the card. See, we're trying to make it as easy as possible. I'm almost done. Number three. What I'm asking you to do again, this is already something God has. It's not something I'm calling you. It's something God has created us to do that that we're, we're expected to do. We just want to be it. Commit yourself to Christ and the church. Connect yourself to Christ and the church. That means you got to apply yourself. By the way, you cannot connect without apply. You got to apply. You got to get out of the safety of your comfort zone for the sake of other people. Which is third thing: cooperate with Christ in the church. Cooperate with Christ in the church. What does that mean? That means I'm not going to call myself a Christian and not do what Jesus said. I, Jesus said, "Do this." I'm not doing that. That is not cooperating with Christ, by the way. That's what it means to not cooperate with Christ. If somebody is not cooperative, you ever heard that term? The suspect was not cooperative. What does that mean? I told them to put their hands up. They did not put their hands up. I told them to put the gun down, and they did not put the gun down. Well, same way, when Jesus tells us to do stuff and we don't do it, we're uncooperative. So commit yourself to cooperate with Christ and cooperate this is this is hard too by the way they both are hard i'm not going to say this is the hardest part but both of them are hard secondly cooperate with the body of christ that's tough here's why that's tough Because we're individual members of the body, and just like a hand is a part of the body and the foot is a part of the body and the ear is a part of the body and the nose is a part of the body and the the mouth is a part of the body, we all have to work together, but the nose is like everything in the world is here so that I can smell it. And the mouth is like, no, everything in the the world is here so I can taste it. And the hand is like, no, everything in the world is here so that I can hold it or feel it. And it's all these different things that are like, this is the most important part. I know it. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my soul that the whole world is all about this. And the different parts of the body say, I'm not going to do that because it's not about that. It's about this. And yet God has called us to work together with our own giftings and our own abilities, which we'll talk about later, but to work together. That means, that means, means when somebody says, I want you, to go, and I want you to talk to that person that you've never met before. And you as an introvert go, I don't want to do that. Hey, that's not that's not me. That's not me. That's not me. Well, that's disconnecting yourself from that person, okay? That's not co-op- connecting yourself to the person. That's not... Cooperate. So here, here's the thing. If you're if in order for us to be who God has called us to be, we got to look at each other as not the enemy. Okay? It's not like you are you are the one keeping me from accomplishing my goal. But the goal is that we all work together to accomplish it, his goal. To the point where if I do it by myself, I didn't accomplish the goal. Say I'm called to be an evangelist, called to be an evangelist. I'm called to go and reach the world. But the church doesn't get me, doesn't get me, doesn't get me. It doesn't think about evangelism. You know what it thinks about? It thinks about getting more people in the door on Sunday morning, having a better worship service. That's not what it's about. It's about reaching people for Jesus. And somebody with that mindset can get into it to think the church is actually holding me back. And so I'm going to leave because the church is doing me no good whatsoever. And I'm going to go do what God has called me to do and fulfill my purpose. And yet, if you read the New Testament, what is his purpose? Build up the body. Now, you build up the body, and you can be an evangelist, but you're not an evangelist on your own, just like your hand is not on its own. You are connected to the rest of the body, and you are called to accomplish your desires Connected to the body of Christ, and when you decide to leave the body of Christ because it's easier, you've just placed yourself back in the salt shaker. When you said, "I don't, I'm not, I'm just not going to church anymore," it's too hard. I've been hurt too many times. You put yourself back in the salt shaker, and you've just removed your impact. Me and Jesus can sit on the. We can can go on the boat, and I can be as close to Jesus as I can in that church. Well, you know why you like the boat? Because that that other person is not sharpening you, stretching you. But if you unknit yourself with the body, and you decide, I'm going to do it outside of the body, or even worse, you start to attack the body with your words, with your attitudes, or with your actions. You just go from what you were created to do, which is build the body up, to tearing the body down and remember whose body it is. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. So as we close today, I want you to think about ways where you have isolated yourself. What areas have you refused to commit yourself to each other? And I wanna ask you to remember that you're the salt of the earth. I want to ask you, just like salt tears down the cellular walls in that meat and makes it taste really good, I want to ask you to tear down the walls that you've created to keep yourself safe and start extending yourself to other people, committing yourself to them. Now, here's the deal. Just like with Judas, who Jesus committed himself to, he got betrayed. He got betrayed by the one he committed. He washed his feet and yet got betrayed. It's going to happen. You're going to get betrayed. Please remember this. You're going to get betrayed. And don't go when it happens, I can't believe I got betrayed. You're going to get betrayed, and you may very well get betrayed by somebody in this room that's part of the body. I want to ask you, commit yourself to them anyway. Why? Jesus did. Jesus did. Are we a Christian? If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Commit yourself to that person. I will guarantee you this. You will be neglected by the people in this room. It's going to happen. I'm I'm hoping not always, but at some point, you're going to be neglected. You're going to be ignored. You're going to be misunderstood. You're going to be unappreciated. You're going to be unappreciated. You're going to feel that. And that's not good. You know what? When you feel that, you know what you do? You don't sever yourself from the body and go find another body. You know what your hand does when it has an issue? It tells your brain, hey, I'm hurting. Something's wrong here. Okay? And it doesn't say, if you don't fix it, I'm finding myself another body. Thank goodness. It says, this needs to be fixed because I'm part of the Get it, get it, grasp it. This needs to be fixed because I'm part of this body. I'm part of this body. It needs to be fixed. And, and then we work it out in the safety of being part of the body. That's why I'm not freaked out every time I, my toe hurts that my toe is about to leave and go find another body. And yet in the church, we have to deal with that. And it should not be, be that way in your marriage either, by the way. Your marriage should be a relationship in which there's safety, work on issues but it should be I'm committed to you and because I'm committed to you we got to work on these things okay that's the way it ought to be so I'm asking you to commit yourself knowing you're going to get hurt knowing you're going to get let down but to commit yourself anyway because Jesus did I'm asking you to connect yourself why because you're connected already who did that who connected you Jesus did you're in Christ connected as the body of Christ and I'm asking you to cooperate because you are the body of Christ. You are his hands and his feet. And you are you are not just the body of Christ, but you're individually members of the body of Christ. You're individuals, but you're together. And we'll talk about that more later. But So I want to ask you, apply, apply yourself. Draw the best out of people. Love people. Connect with people. Care about people. Commit to people. And so as we close this morning, just look in, look at the room. If somebody's asleep, nudge them. People are looking around now. I'm about to ask you to do something that's heavy. Heavy. Don't say it if you don't mean it. But if you know that this is the word of God, then I would ask you to do it. Not because I'm asking you to, but you really say, hey, I know this is Jesus. This is God's, I want you to look, look, look around and go, I commit to you. I commit to you. It's heavy. It's heavy. This is heavy. This is heavy. This is not like, this is I do, by the way. This is I do. But I'm not asking you to do something God's not already asking committed means we're going to have to have some hard conversations means we're going to laugh together and cry together we're going to celebrate victories together and mourn losses together but I'm committed closing this morning that um some of you know personally the family that um, was murdered this found murdered this week and uh <clears throat> so it was related to Francisco and and Jennifer through their daughter his, her husband Chris Chris's sister and uh, um, it's just heavy, I mean you didn't have to know them to feel the heaviness of the situation i close out today praying for them uh there there is if you guys would want to do something to help i I did hear that there is a goFundMe available for uh, for 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 the family and uh, so check that out we're gonna we're going just pray for mercy and grace because these are people in our own community. I did not know them personally. Anybody know, know them personally? I know we've got people connected to Grace at did. Raise your hand if you knew them personally. Bless yeah. Oh, it's so hard, so hard. So um, we're gonna close out this morning. Let's just stand up together and, and, and close out with prayer and just lift them up. Honestly, there's been a lot of heavy losses here lately. And uh, so we're gonna pray for the mercy of God. Father, we close out this morning. I thank you that you have made us a body and that we 're better together and I thank you God for the privilege of being part of the body of christ and lord um, Lord, we lift up this the the, the relative um, of this family that